while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Good, e good evening. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. Okay. All right. Good. I have sound. Good evening. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. Uh, I am joined uh, in the first hour by New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell. Hey, Mayor Mitchell. How are you? Great to be with you, Marcus. So great to be with you as well. So um, first things first, there's uh, a storm coming. Um I uh, I'm not entirely sure on the forecast. You probably have a better idea than I do. So, what are what what should we expect in Greater New Bedford, and what should people do? Yeah, no, thanks for asking. Um, and it is a good way to start off because um, it is a serious storm, and I think people know that you know we don't make it to do out of every little rain event. Um, but what we're, there, there are a few risks here, right? There's going to be a uh, a big storm surge tomorrow morning that coincides with a, a very high tide, an unusually high tide. So that does put certain low-lying areas at risk. So we're keeping a particular um, eye on uh, Paydenerum Avenue, right? That's a very low point in the city. It's outside the hurricane barrier. So if you if you live in that general area, just really just be on the lookout where the police department fire and uh, emergency management are going to be out there very early, you know, ensuring that uh, if there is a risk that that people know about. It. And so, you know, hopefully it doesn't come to you know get a knock on the door to tell people to to leave. Right. Um, but we've in times past that's that's it's come close to that happening. This may be one of those instances. Okay. But more broadly, uh, you, there's going to be a ton of wind. And so, you know, I, I'll, I'll be out there shopping, unfortunately. I don't encourage <laughs> others to do that, but I procrastinated. So yeah, that's just the way it is. But if you are out there shopping, just be be careful. Don't stay out. And if you don't have to go out, don't go out. I know it's tough. It's Christmas, just a couple of days away. But just uh, be careful because when, when, when the, the, the thing with wind is, you know, branches can fall down mm -hmm. trees. Fortunately, the trees don't have leaves on them. So that's less of a risk than it otherwise would be. But it still can happen. And so you want to be careful about that. It's not like you can dodge one when it's falling, but of course. you got to be careful about about you know being out at all. And stuff can fly around, right? But the other thing, the, the, probably the biggest thing that people have to be aware of is that the temperature after all this, we're going to get a ton of rain. It's already it's raining out there right now. The temperature is just going to drop really quickly. It's going to be and it's like close to fifty out there now. Tomorrow it's going to be well under twenty. And everything's going to freeze up. Oh, no. um, and so we will, in the city, have uh, salters out there on the roads, uh, putting, you know, trying to melt it at all. And it's going to remain cold through through the weekend. So that's that's what we have to be uh, aware of. So just a, it doesn't take much for you know people to be driving around and you know not knowing just how quickly everything's frozen up and the slide into something. Yeah. So. I just I appreciate the opportunity just to, to let everybody know uh, what's going on, and, and we'll you know we'll keep an eye out tomorrow and try to push out information to the public as necessary. 
Sure, absolutely. I appreciate that. So uh, before we went on air, um, I know there was a story that came up on WBSM.com uh, that you can check out, but it uh, looks like there has been a proposal that's been secured uh, for the development of the state pier. This has been a long and arduous process. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what uh, proposal the city is uh, or the state pier is going with? Yeah, so, the, you know, there's a long history here, right? So the state pier is, you know, about a, a little over 100 years old and um you know it originally was built uh, essentially as a cargo facility during the textile days to import cotton right and it had been built over what had originally been whaling piers uh never really used as a fishing pier uh, owned by the state of course and hence the name state pier became a ferry terminal um back in you know 20 25 years ago now um, but as people, you know, when people come to New Bedford over the years, one of the things they've said is, geez, you know, you guys have so much potential. Look at the waterfront, look at like right there. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, there's this big parking lot and they're referring to the state pier, not of course knowing the name and all. And, and, but it, it, but it's also something that people who live here have said like, geez, you know, once you do something about that. Well, I mean, the long answer is, well, the short answer is, well, it belongs to the state. And yeah. I don't have direct control over it. Alas, I, I wish it did, right? I wish the city did. I think it would be that, that would be better off, but that's not in the cards. They're not about to hand us the keys to it. Yeah. So, um, but what we have said is that, look, you know, that parking lot right up front is not exactly the highest and best use of waterfront land. We yeah. can do better than that. We can have, so, so, uh, a few years back, you know, we were advocating for the state to manage the place better. It had been long ignored by the state agency um, responsible for it. it. We got the governor to change, uh, to move it over to mass development, and I think they started to look at it. Yeah. But in the meantime, we, the city and the Port Authority and the EDC, under undertook a comprehensive waterfront planning effort that said, essentially, and it included a, a a couple dozen stakeholders, mostly folks in fishing businesses, but also others, other downtown businesses, that took a look at the whole waterfront and we brought in Sazaki Associates, which is one of the premier waterfront planning firms on the planet. And they took a look at it and said, this is, you know, for the from the stretch, you know, to the north from 195 all the way to the south to the barrier, this is what, this is what we want to see happen, right? And so 95% of it, probably closer to 99% of it is committed to marine industrial purposes, but it was also to fishing and then when, when it, when it arrived and then all the right cargo and all the other stuff we do. And, uh, with the state pier, it was, there was a clear direction and it's one that has been said over and over again. Yeah. The merit, you should, we should be supporting maritime services, right? The stuff that's happening there, cargo and the cruise ships and the ferry and, and other, but we also need, um, space there to for for the public to come down to the waterfront right to connect with the waterfront because long time for forever the Bedford waterfront has been largely severed from the city so that's why we've facilitated the development of restaurants over at pier three that they've been hugely popular as we know and that's 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 real progress i think and we want to do some of that on the front two acres of the state pier that's what the stakeholders uh, unequivocally said that's what we've been pushing ever since. And, you know, the idea is like, you know, people sometimes, well, 
you know, we don't want to be some here's some people like say we want to become like Newport. We, and it's always Newport that makes it like or we don't want to become like like Newport. And the reality is um, I, I don't we have an active port and uh, that means that the just about everything's going to be dedicated to marine industrial activity because that's what supports a whole lot of jobs. So of in the last 10 years, what we've done is we've committed is between the Foss Terminal now, the former Eversource site, the New Bedford Marine Commerce Terminal, the Revere Copper and Brass site. We have added about 70 acres, maybe a little bit more, to marine industrial activity. We've, we've expanded the footprint of the industrial port. What we, with the state pier, we've said, take the front two acres, two yeah. acres, and commit that to retail, public accommodation, so we can bring people down. And th that will support jobs. And the, and the, and the, 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 the thing that we have going for us uh, that to support those businesses is the ferry service, right? We've done market studies that show that a whole lot of folks, a lot of you know, um, well-off New Yorkers and Boston area folks pass right through there and so can support a whole lot of retail there, right? And that's, right. Can, that's good for our economy because for the most part, they pass through and they don't spend money in New Bedford. This is a way for them to spend money in New Bedford without departing too far or deviating too far from the ferry terminal itself. So that's the, so Mass Development put out an RFP request for proposals and looked at the various proposals and determined that the one that was selected is the closest to what the stakeholders in 2016 said they wanted, right? The city wanted, which is, you know, that retail in the front and then supporting everything else in the back. Nothing is getting moved off of the pier except for service parking. That's yeah. it. And frankly, it shouldn't be there. There are other places to park. We're building new places to park. We're looking at the construction of parking garages and stuff, especially with the, you know, the rail service coming and, and other growth. So um, it's a huge win for the city. People have said over and over, you got to do something about the state pier. And unfortunately, you know, I, I, I don't, we don't have, the city doesn't have control of it, but, you know, fortunately, but also, but fortunately the state, the, the, ba the Baker administration, which for a long time was like, well, you know, I'm not sure we want to get involved in that. Uh, they said, they came around and said, you know what, you're absolutely right. We're going to move this forward. And that's what, that's what they announced today. So, um, yeah, so it, it looks like there's, uh, you know, in that, uh, in that, um, the, 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 the group that secured the bid, the Tabor, it's called the Tabor's Wharf Partners. And it looks like a group of people both involved in the local seafood industry. You got Steve Silverstein, who's obviously a very successful restaurateur. Um, and uh, there was, uh, and so what you're looking for is you're maintaining, you know, the heritage industries and the growing maritime industries in uh, uh, along the along the port. But you're adding this new uh, commercial retail development um, to make it uh, a, a much more, um, you know, attractive place for, like you said, uh, tourists, uh, tourists to come by or tourists that were taking the, the ferry or people who are maybe just going to the Cape to stop in and, and enjoy uh, the New Bedford waterfront as well. And just for people who don't know, uh, it's worth clarifying the state pier. Basically, you go down to the bottom of Union Street downtown, Route 18, then there's a state pier, right? That's a yeah. that's an accurate assessment of where it's at. So with respect, yeah. so with, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, look, yeah, yeah, no, I, you're, you're touching on sort of the core. So what's going to go there, right? So as yeah. I said, the re so, you know, Steve Silverstein, uh, the owner of the Black Whale and Cultivator Shoals and Cisco, Cisco. New Bedford, right, yeah. among other places, founded the Not Your Average Joe Change of Restaurants, done such a fabulous job 
um, advancing development in the city. I mean, he's just a fabulous restaurateur and a, and a great corporate citizen, and yeah. I'm glad he's involved in this. But it also includes the Canastra family, the owners of uh, the Wailing City. Yeah, base, yeah. base seafood, Wailing City uh, seafood display auction, right? So they want to move the auction. This is something we've long wanted to do, move the auction to the central waterfront. That way people can see fish fishing boats being offloaded. They can see the auction going on, the biggest seafood auction in the United States, right? If you come, if, a lot of, you know, for a long time, I've said, geez, you know, you go to, like, I don't know if you've ever been to Seattle, but Seattle famously has Pike's Place, right? That's the place where, you know, they famously throw the, the fish and there's like, you know, it's a big seafood market, yeah, right? That's probably familiar. the most famous, like, fish market. Uh, in the country, but you know, Seattle pales in comparison to New Bedford as a fishing port. They don't land right. anywhere near as much as we do. The biggest fishing port in America should look like the biggest fishing port in America, which is yeah. to say, go to if, if you're visiting New Bedford, you say, Oh, that's the thing you got to see. You got to see fish being offloaded. You got to be able to see, you know, have be able to buy that fish. You got to, you know, ideally see an auction go on. And that's going to be part of this, right? It, it makes the industry a tourist amenity, and it puts the heritage industry of New Bedford front and center. Uh, it is would be proudly on display. Yeah, like New Bedford should proclaim itself to be what it is, which yeah. is America's seafood capital. Yeah, and I'll tell you another thing. There's a political dimension to this, right? If people see what the fishing industry does, right? If it's not like way down at the South Terminal, out of view. Not way down the South Terminal out of view, but actually within view of the public, people are going to be more likely to to appreciate and value it and and protect it. Right? It's the same kind of thing. If you've ever been to a um, to a naval or an air force air show, right? You wonder like why does the military spend money putting on those air shows? Right? You know, like all the you know the fuel and all the logistics to put that. Well, the sure. answer is that people want to see. What's going? On. They want to see in that case what their taxpayer dollars are going to. But more particularly, they want people to value it, so they're more likely to say to their elected officials, "Protect those guys. They like what they do." Yeah. The same goes for fishing, right? Commercial fishing is one of the most heavily regulated industries by the federal government. Yeah. People and and it has been as someone who has championed the interests of that industry to the federal government. I can tell you, it's a hard thing to do. The place uh, the the industry needs. Uh, organic public support and by putting what they do on fuller display here we're, we're i think ensure we're, we're growing you know the political constituency of, of the, the fishing industry so yeah the, so i mentioned all this because it's yet a really it it is this isn't a threat to like the fishing industry the fishing industry really has not historically used the state pier by the way right yeah. it's been the city the municipal piers around it, Pier 3, Steamship, Leonard's Wharf, Homer's Wharf, uh, right nearby, but not the state pier. And it's only been recently that you've seen, because of the congestion in the harbor, the fishing boats have been tying up. This puts the fishing industry right on the state pier. Uh, so it's actually, what this is working is actually an expansion of the fishing industry's footprint and not a diminution of it. It's pretty exciting. When when can people uh, start to see that development happening now that the bid has been secured? Yeah. So what the bid is, so it's not what they announced is not a lease. It is a um, a uh, a right to start in on a negotiation toward a lease. Right. Okay. So there are multiple developer groups that you know that submitted bids, raised their hands, and said, you know, we'd like to be part of this. Um, 
the mass development picked the one they thought they thought best matched what you know, the city wanted to do what they thought made sense for the pier and now they there is a six month window within which they can they can um, they can work out a lease agreement so that's 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 in a development agreement all, all together so that's what what's starting now right in the middle of your re-election bid oh uh, you know i was wondering <laughs> bracing myself when is marcus going to slip in that question you know i'm looking forward to the holidays marcus so um well before we take this break i do want to address one thing i mean there was uh uh, ben Burke at Public Radio had written a column a, about a, a month or so ago uh, about the state delegation being upset with you, uh, uh, actually, Chairman uh, uh, Transportation Chairman Bill Strauss specifically, I think, might have mentioned you, but uh, saying that they were left out of the conversation here and that this bid was done in sort of a clandestine way. Um, yeah, sounds, you... sounds pretty shady. Doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do you respond to yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I could I could do what Andy Warhol used to do, which is yeah. All my critics are absolutely right. Right. And that's it. Uh, no, they they. Uh, no, look, I mean, this, there is a problem here. We've got a state peer, underscore state, right, mm -hmm. that has been moribund for decades, right? So, yeah. um, you know, the city has taken the bull by the horns, and I don't at all apologize for that. Um, at the end of the day, though, it is the state's peer. That is, they, they, they started a mass development on behalf of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, started a process, a bidding process for use of that land. That's not a public process, right? Yeah. That is inherently, it's a real estate transaction. It is not something that we just sort of say, oh, let's go to a town meeting and, and let's talk, talk, it, talk it through. So they invited the city in for input as they should, right? The pier is not an island. It sits in the middle of a city. And we've done a lot of planning and preparation for it. And um, so, we, yeah, we made our thoughts known about it all along the way and um and yeah and then as i just explained to you that's it did if they had not done that we would have been like what what are you doing like right. so yeah we, we've done the planning the city has the planning department the city has a port authority the city has an economic development council they've all played roles in this over the last 10 years and now um you know it's it's uh it, that helped the process and I think, like, as I said, you know, if I weren't doing that, it would be, it would be a dereliction of my duty, and I would certainly want to have a say in that. But it's to say what I'm saying is, that, frankly, a reflection of what the stakeholders told us when we did that planning effort back in 2016. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back. So, Mayor Mitchell. Uh Yesterday we had Shane Burgo on. He walked out of an appropriation uh, appropriate. I keep saying appropriations. A appointments and briefings meeting that was chaired by Councilor Carney. Uh, he walked out last Tuesday. He said it was because um, there were uh, appointments uh, nominations that you made to boards and commissions that she was uh, trying to st uh, she was trying to kill by ensuring that the meetings were poorly attended. Um, so they, there's still, I think, nine of your nominations that are sitting in a, in committee, and there's a building demo uh, on cottage uh, hearing on Cottage Street that uh, hasn't been taken up yet. Um, I haven't, I haven't, uh, I, I want to have an opportunity to speak with Councilor Carney about this. I haven't had uh, one yet to speak with her on air. But what's your response to all of that? To uh, to all of that going on in the council? Yeah, it's really unfortunate. I mean, she's been sitting on nomination, some nominations for eight or nine months, 
When I yeah. say nominated, so everyone understands. So the city has, um, I don't know how many boards and commissions. I forget the exact number, but they're the <laughs> ones that people are familiar with, like the the planning board, the zoning board of appeals, yeah. the port authority, um, the regional refuse district, the hub, uh, the housing authority board, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But um, by and large, they are unpaid positions. There are a few a few boards there the board members get a stipend, sure. but it's like, you know, a couple thousand bucks a year. It's not like a salary or anything, but by and large, these are unpaid positions. These are people coming forward and saying, I want to serve my city. Right. And, and we have a, a track record. Um, I mean, I'm proud of, which is that we've, we've put very qualified folks on these boards. We've nominated because we want, we want, the city to be well served, right? Period, mm-hmm. full stop. So, we so in this case, but they, they, they you have a, a series. We've made a series of nominations um, that have to go before the city council to be approved. And but before they're approved, they have to go through the appointments and briefings committee, which is already like to to do that for all the boards and commissions we have to fill is is itself a lo- too long of a process. Some of these people should just be approved by the full city council if they're known the people are known commodities. But be that as it may, go most of they them had a go, special hearing just for Josh Amaral. So they, it, it can happen more it, quickly than than it's than it's been happening, right? Yes, it can. <laughs> they they can move fast when they have to. Uh, so go so these are going before the appointments and briefings committee, which is chaired by uh, Councillor Carney. And she has sat on them. And these are people like, geez, what the hell? You know, I, 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 I'm not getting paid to do this. I have a day job. And like, why do I have to wait around for nine months to, to be confirmed? And, mm-hmm. but she's done that. And look, it, it, the, there's, no, there's no good reason for it. I mean, yeah. I have my suspicions about why she's, you know, sat on Which some are? of them. Right. Well, okay. So the vote board, right? So there's clear, clear that she uh, was trying to hold up, you know, in this case, Carol Pimentel's um, uh, nomination to uh, to the Greater Bedford um, Vogue Tech Board, right? And um, and there may be other ones like the Port Authority, but there's still two or three nominations that have been sitting there for I don't know since the beginning of 2022. So. Uh, it's not heavy lifting to 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 vote on these people. They're entitled to a vote. You know, at Council Burgo, I you know, people look at Council Burgo walking out and say, "Well, why should he walk out?" You know, that just sort of ended the ended the hearing. He actually was doing the right thing, to my mind, which is uh, he saw what was going on. The nominations were, after many many months, at, taken up at a hugely inconvenient time. Mm-hmm. They all she knew that. And uh, they're about to get shot down um, because there weren't enough people to on on in the council to vote them out favorably, right? There were right. a couple of folks who are known you know, opponents, and so this is all. This, none of this is by accident. And so they walked out to ensure that when it came back around, probably after the first of the year when committee assignments are rejiggered, uh, that there would be a fuller. Uh, set of counselors there and they could actually deliberate properly on these things. So, um, yeah, I don't begrudge him at all. I actually think he did under the circumstance, a difficult thing, uh, which was just not to let this, you know, charade of a hearing proceed. So we're speaking with, and this is by the way, people listen to this and it's like, you know, well, it sounds like real inside baseball. I don't follow any of this stuff. (laughs) And and honestly, 
Yeah, it does. And someone will say, well, you know, from the council, say, well, Mayor, that's your point of view. Well, it, it is. But part of the problem, and I said this on Tim's show yesterday, part of the problem we're having, and it's clear as it's, it, this is nothing new to anybody, but there, there are no reporters yeah. in these hearings. No, I know. Nobody's keeping track. Like, honestly, you if you watch these hearings on cable, there's no way you can you can fully appreciate what's what's happening there, right? Yeah. You turn on the TV and it's people saying this or that, but you, it's hard to know the context. They're looking at documents that, you know, that the viewer can't read, right? Because it's it's all in front of it. It's not on full display. And like, and like who's going to take the time to like get up to speed on, on any of that stuff yeah. except for the people who are involved in, you know, city yeah. politics, right? So it's deprived the public of a whole lot of insight into what's going on in city government. Um, and it used to be that folks from this station, folks from Standard Times, obviously, and, and other outlets were sitting in the city council meeting and asking councilors questions at the end of the meeting and then sometimes asking me questions. Like when I first got in the office, every other Thursday night when the city council had its full meeting, I would get a call from someone at BSM like Taylor Cormier or I'd mm -hmm. get a call from one of the Standard Times reporters who'd, who'd ask, well, so-and-so in the city council said X, Y, and Z, what's your reaction? Right. So at least there was, and then there would be a story the next morning about that. Right. And we don't have that as a city anymore. So, um, and we hope to get it back on track at some point, but with the, you know, with what's happened with local media, it's really difficult. And so I, I'm, you know, all the things that's going on in the city, that's all the great things going on in the city that we're really proud of. That's it's all great, but I am really concerned about the lack of media coverage and that stuff that you guys are doing, by the way, you know, it's great. You're, you're, this, this show is, is filling a huge void. It's not, but it can't possibly fill it entirely. And I know you, you know that. Of course. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I, I, I agree with you. Um, we, we did just bring on a new contributor that's hopefully going to be covering city hall. Uh, cause I'll, you know, I'll be honest with you. I didn't really even like, I had heard you had talked briefly about the, the meeting, not having a quorum last when you were on Tim's, the episode of Doco. And I didn't really get the full, like, you know, I didn't really get the full picture of the events that transpired until like Sunday when I saw Shane Burgo had posted something on Instagram. So then I texted him. I yeah. said, hey, why did you walk out of a meeting? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'd found out that the it killed the quorum and all of that. So I didn't get that until a week later because part of it is because I'm here when the meetings are, yeah. are going on. Yeah, no, that, I mean, <laughs> believe me, this is I don't mean that, that's great that you showed that initiative, but it's not your day job, right? I mean, right. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So we, we're hopefully, you know, I think we're expanding the amount of contributors we have to cover City no, Hall I because I, I, I think it's great. Yeah. I agree. It's, it is, it is something that's been, uh, it's been something that's been desperately missed with the, um, with, uh, with the, uh, drying up of local media coverage and every, um, you know, I remember the standard times in particular, you used to have someone coming for covering Fairhaven, Dartmouth, Westport, et cetera, people going to select board meetings. And now you got to rely more on those, uh, those local papers. So right. I, I do right. agree. It is a problem. Um, but you've said before, you don't think that there are members of the city council that are, that are really doing their, doing their jobs. I've, I have said <laughs> so many words. Yeah, no, you know, and and, and look, I don't mean this is the uh, opportunity to rail against the council. I do think there are some problems, right? I do think that, you know, the biggest one is the lack of media coverage. Like yeah. Just anybody sitting in the room saying, excuse me, counselor, um, just, I just sat in on the, the hearing. Can you explain? 
explain to me why you voted the way you did. Simple question. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's it. Just, you know, defend defend your vote if you're an elected legislator as city councils city councilors are. Yeah. So that's that's the biggest issue. There are other issues too. I mean, I think one of the one of the problems that I think is is really started to come into sharper relief is the the supermajority requirements of so many um, for for so many measures that come before the council, which right? is eight eight out of eleven votes, right? right? Eight out of eleven. Now with Hughes Hughes departure, it's eight out of ten. And it's not two thirds; it's eight, a minimum yeah. of eight, right? Right. So that's that's an 80% vote, right? So that means that if you've got um, three counselors who are not paying attention, not doing their homework, not understanding things, or have an ax to grind or axes to grind, mm-hmm. um, then things can't get done. They yeah. grind to a halt. And so there are... And you're saying there's at least three counselors that fit into those categories? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Now, But that's not a majority of the council, though, yeah. right? The majority of the counselors do their homework, right? And they pay attention. And so this isn't like a, I don't mean for this to sound like an indictment of the whole council, but you've got some structural problems there with, um, you know, super majority, like the super majority rules are like super duper majority. Yeah, right. To get 80% of of the counselors on board with anything. Like what legislative body does that that happen with, right? So you got to, you know, majority rules and the, in the uh, in in a democracy, right? Sort of the bedrock principle, but 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 the majority can't rule effectively if it just takes a tiny minority to to derail something, right? Yeah. And it's it, you can see for like things that are like very fundamental and and like fundamental changes to the charter, the city's charter. Yeah, yeah, you should have like the city's you know when in effect constitution. There should yeah. there should be a high bar, right? You don't want to yeah. be changing such things on a whim, but. You know, things like, as we have right now, an ordinance that deals with compensation. Like we're trying to fix the compensation system so that we can deal with the enormous number of vacancies that we have in the system, in the in the city. Um, that requires eight out of 10 counselors to agree. Uh, and that's, that's, that's just an unreasonably high bar. It's just too hard to get stuff done. So the city's at some point, I'm going to put that on the long to-do list, but that's, that's something the city's going to have to address. Would, that would require a home rule petition, wouldn't it? No, I don't think so. I think some of them may, some of those measures to change some of those measures to a simple majority may require a home rule petition, but yeah. not not all of them. Like zoning ordinances, I th- require um, require a supermajority. Um, you know, bond like uh, bonding, right? So the so city council can pass a almost 500 almost a half a billion dollar budget with a simple majority vote six out of 11 right. but it can't authorize the borrowing for any amount even much lower than that um without a super majority vote so yeah. if you wanted to go bond for i don't know to pave you know three million dollars of roads right yeah that would require a super majority yeah right it doesn't make sense right so Five oh eight oh one. Anyway, this Excellent. is all. This is all. It's all inside it's all, baseball. It's all inside technical baseball. stuff, and everybody's like tuning tuning off their radio right now. No, but I don't think so. I think that's why people tune. I think that's why people tune in is 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 for the sort of more long form tech uh, inside baseball stuff. But I got to take a break. We'll be right back with Mayor Mitchell. Listen to us live anywhere in the world on the WBSM app. You never know who will call in the South Coast tonight. 
they want to hear from you most of all. Call 508-996-0500 or use the WBSM app to send an app chat text message or leave voicemail. Welcome back. We're here with Mayor Mitchell. So, um, Mayor Mitchell, uh, I've what's what's on your mind because i i I had (laughs) i i I, I, we were in the middle of a conversation deepest secrets yeah (laughs) (laughs) well i've been asking your deepest secret but you haven't been revealing it yeah 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 yeah. i've been thinking about what i'm getting everybody for christmas i usually start today my today's my father's birthday so this is which usually marks the start of my christmas shopping season of course that's what i'm his birthday is what impels me to uh, into action. I don't know if he's listening tonight, but I just, uh, yeah, so I, I got to get on the stick uh, tomorrow and start just in time for the storm to start buying Christmas presents. But, yeah, that's that's what I'm working on, right? right, right. That's my focus right now. No, it's been a busy week, shoehorning a lot of the stuff that's been announced in this week. Oh, the yeah. Baker administration leaving. Like, so the port $80 million. projects. Yeah, so. You're saying the Baker administration shoehorning a bunch of stuff in before they leave so they can yeah, get credit for too, it? Yeah, but, but we've been working with them for a long time. Of course. We're knowing that, you know, they've got yeah, a lot yeah. of money now, and they know what we want, and we've been putting in front of them um, the basis to spend money here, and so you know, the, the, what got announced earlier this week was was pretty big, right? So four big port projects. Um, one involves the uh, upgrade to the state managed um, New Bedford Marine Commerce Terminal. There's the need for a number of things there, including just shoring up the bulkhead and expanding the the length of the bulkhead, which is which will be good as as that thing gets busy. And then the Foss Marine Terminal, uh, the former Eversource site, that got $15 million to match, you know, a sizable amount of money that's going in there. Um, so that's well over a $50 million investment in total. Uh, so that's that's happening, and people are seeing all that going on. They're seeing the, the demolition of the plant, and they're seeing the activity there, and then people are going to start seeing vessels showing up there next year. Um, the Quinns, Charlie and Mike Quinn, have you know a couple of big facilities, but one of them's uh, on Pope's Island. It's kind of hard to see. It's sort of in the back, but you know it's behind their store, the True Value Hardware. I still store consider there. Pope's Island Fairhaven. I know a lot of people think it's Fairhaven, <laughs> yeah, but it's in the back, and uh, but they're they're doing both. You know, they're obviously it's very for those who know them, very successful. Uh, scallopers, but they're also doing offshore wind back there, so okay. they're going to be working on that. And then there's the stuff that the Port Authority's building in the North Terminal area. This the state gave us 18 to match, like the almost four that we're putting in there. So that's that's a big project. So people, the bottom line is, people are going to see cranes on the waterfront. They're seeing lots of cranes on the waterfront now. They're going to be cranes on the waterfront for the next uh, it's many years, right? There's just a whole ton, there's more construction in the pipeline now that's ha- just happened recently and is about to happen since New Bedford was the center of the world's whaling industry. It's been that busy. So how would you... And that's a big, honestly, a big point of pride for me because it's, it's like I said, this is like the... We've tried to keep people in policy circles here at the state level focused on that. Like, well, that's what we do really well. We do what we do on the water is like what New Bedford is best at and that we're better than best... You know, compared to like what else we do. It's not to say that we don't have other assets, but it, we do it better than anybody else in the right. country. 
How would you say you said you've been focused, uh, you know, focused with policy ma uh, makers in the state level and all this positive developments happening on the waterfront? How would you say that uh, the, the outgoing Baker administration um, was in, in, in helping uh, some of that vision uh, happen? I think uh, overall, very good. Um, it took it took a while. Uh, it, early on, I think they were very unfamiliar with the New Bedford area. Mm. And then over time, I think they became more familiar with it, became more familiar with fishing more familiar with offshore winds i know governor yeah. baker likes the feast when likes, i when no, i've seen him feast. he likes that's, the feast. that's good but i look it, i think they they were open-minded to it i think karen polito the lieutenant governor in particular yeah. um became um you know i've developed a very good very strong relationship with her and been out with her socially and everything and i and i, I think she's done um a very good job as lieutenant governor i mean she's you know has a moved to Padnerum, basically, right. right? So she's sort of developed, she and her family developed a fondness for the New Bedford area. And so she has been ex extraordinarily helpful in advancing a lot of these big projects. So um, so she deserves a lot of credit. And so I think, and they've, you know, we're in a period now after the, you know, the height of the pandemic that we're, there's just a lot of cash. The state has a lot of cash. It got a lot of cash from the federal government. And it still hasn't spent all of it, by the way. And so because we've done the planning and the advocacy and the persuading over the years, and we're just, we have a track record of taking state money and implementing it right and building exactly what we said we would, um, they have a high degree of confidence in that if they give New Bedford money, it's good, stuff's going to get built, and it is. So uh, let's take one more break, and then we'll finish out the hour strong. WBS. Mayor Mitchell, before you go, I think it'd be a good idea to just uh, give another broad overview of um, what people can expect with the weather tomorrow and how, yeah. how they can uh, you know prepare to and, and be safe. Yeah, it's a big storm. It is a big storm, and, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk about it. It's um, yeah, There will be some flooding, maybe some flooding down at Paytonair Avenue, so people in that part of the city should just be um, alert to that possibility. And, and then... You know, afterwards, it's going to get windy, but I think the big thing is just going to be the plummeting temperatures. It's going to be really icy tomorrow once the temperature drops, so just be really aware of that. We're going to put down salt. We're going to deal with it, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's just there's going to be a whole lot of ice. So especially think about the elderly walking on, on you know, icy surfaces. It doesn't take much for someone to slip and get badly hurt, so just, just I would ask everybody to be, be cognizant of that, and I hope everybody has a fabulous holiday however you celebrate have a great christmas hanukkah um and um and new year's coming up right around the corner so yeah. lots to celebrate uh how are you celebrating christmas uh well we'll be home and you know relatives will come over and um you know i'll probably be doing the dishes and but that's that's about all the lifting i'll do <laughs> I'm looking forward to it my girls are all home uh you know my two my two eldest ones Grace and Nat have come home from college, and you know, right. Lauren's home. She's still in high school, but so that's all good. Looking forward to hanging with them. Yeah, no, absolutely. That that, that sounds like fun. So, Mayor Mitchell, um, thank you for joining me. I've got like so. I'm getting. I'm. This has been a habit I've been having, right? So I feel like I'm wrapping stuff up, but I have like a full minute, right? So, so you're wondering if I have like a good Christmas song, or I've got a couple of good jokes. Literally any, literally anything to fill the air. <laughs> hum a couple of bars uh no well it, I, i'll tell you one thing i am doing um and 
uh, if anybody has any great ideas about Christmas gifts, just say, email me because I'm like just starting to turn to it now. But one thing I do often do, and I hope my parents, uh, they probably, they might be listening tonight. They knew I was coming on, so I'm not going to say it. But uh, I do shop a lot at the downtown, okay. um, and, and, and just because. Um, yeah, the places are still open. They'll still be open tomorrow, despite the weather. So, if you are out, be careful. But know that, uh, you know, there are some good opp- gift opportunities still out there. So, you know, you might just see me out there in a rain slicker. Well, Mayor Mitchell, thank you so much for uh, joining us this evening. I hope you have a great holiday, and uh, appreciate you talking to us about uh, all the exciting things that are happening on the waterfront and giving us a heads up on the inclement weather uh, that's uh, that's to come. Thanks for having me, Marcus. Happy holidays. You as well. All right, guys, stay tuned. I'll be, we'll be back uh, in the other side of the 8 o'clock hour with Congressman Jake Auchincloss doing an end-of-the-year review. So I'll see you guys on the other side of 8 o'clock.